great folks coming in here and joining us today and always wonderful discussions. I'm really happy to be back. We've been on break for a few weeks and I got to see a little bit of the world. So I'm really happy to be back spending an hour of the weekend with you all. As a reminder, we are learning to lead. We created this group and it's been several months now. I think we have to remember our anniversary, but really it was about kind of how we talk about all things leadership. Um, and what I think is that the, hopefully the outcome for everyone in this is not only learning a lot about the career journey, the leadership journey, no matter where you work, what you do, or what level you are, um, it's also about meeting new people. I think one of the most rewarding parts of this is learning a lot from everyone who joins and shares their perspectives, but also meeting new connections, expanding your network, which we talk a lot about, you know, building your personal board of directors, having a network that you can go to that you can continue to learn from, not only as you, you, you know, continue your journey, but also as you think about future steps, you know, in your career and potential opportunities. So always a reminder, Follow our group. We are an official club, Learning to Lead. You can also follow, of course, Tamara and myself. We are always the kind of hosts and moderators for these sessions every Saturday. But please feel free to follow and reach out to everyone that you meet and hear from in these groups. Um, I also do always recommend, I'm a huge fan of LinkedIn. It's a great way to stay connected to what's happening in the industries, in the world, and also what people are sharing. Always a lot of great content being shared on there. Um, as well. I think, again, this is a, a wonderful topic. I have created a website for us. And so I will be sharing uh, the recap uh, after this, likely either today or tomorrow. So be on the lookout for that. I'll usually share it on LinkedIn. Um, and if you join our, our website on Substack, then you can actually get a, a weekly notification of that as well. So that's all the upfront. An hour flies by. So I'm going to pass over to Tamara to kick off the topic for today. Okay, great. Well, I think, first of all, it's so amazing that we're all here on a Saturday. Um, you know, we're here to share knowledge, experiences, talents, and, and motivate each other. And most importantly, it's important to invest in yourself. And you're here making that investment. So today, we're excited to learn about the value of coaching and how to leverage coaching to impact our all aspects of our lives, both personally and professionally. And we're confident you're going to gain some insights and value in this coaching session. So again, we're really excited to introduce uh, Bonnie Sith, Sith. Is, did I say that right, Bonnie? Is it Bonnie Stiff? It's stiff. Yep, Stiff. Like Ooh, Smith. I yep. did it. Okay, and Chuck, and Chuck Mounds. Um, so they've graciously put together this diverse panel for today's discussion, and we'll be facilitating the discussion. And um, Bonnie, I'm just going to introduce you briefly. There's probably other things you may want to share, but Bonnie is an ICF certified professional coach, which is really the gold standard in coaching. And she's an experienced public speaker on topics ranging from cyber threat and assessment to leadership styles and values. She's also been a university adjunct professor um, and facilitated a variety of leadership focused courses. And she's a board member with several organizations in cybersecurity and healthcare industry. Um, she's also been managed and led large diverse work groups and remedied dysfunctional leadership groups. Uh, she currently works with leaders and organizations to create success by developing strategic plans and aligning leadership with culture, mission, vision, and values. As an executive coach, she helps leaders define, understand, and achieve desired success both professionally and organizationally. And I'd also like to introduce briefly Chuck as well. Chuck is a professional coach who's passionate about people and helping them realize their strengths to become the best version of themselves. 
He's been a corporate leader for over 10 years in technology and a community builder and mentor. He's a supporter of of mentoring programs like Women in Cable Television Organization. He also volunteers as an organization organ, organizer. I can't even talk here. Organizer and has served as a speaker for DevOp De, Dev Days, if I said that right, Chuck, which is really a, a worldwide technology uh, conference. And he's been a speaker. You'll see him on YouTube. Um, his passion for people, personal and career development, leadership, Lean practices and collaborative movements led him to pursue his professional coaching career. And as a coach, he recognizes that there is one common denominator that unlocks success. It's people, relationships, and interactions with each other in life. And most importantly, the relationship we have with ourselves. So with that and me talking so quickly, I'm going to turn it over to Bonnie and Chuck to introduce their panel and start the discussion. Thank you. Okay. Well, so this is Bonnie, and I'll um, I'll take it from here. And again, thanks to Chuck for pulling together um, this opportunity for us. But um, since you've introduced me already, I am going to introduce the other, um, allow the other panelists to introduce themselves for a couple of minutes, and then we'll move into some conversation about coaching um, as we see it, and um, and advice that we would give for somebody looking for a coach. So, um, so Kari, um, I would like to introduce Kari um, Hornsby and also Pat Saint. But I'll let Kari start first. And if you could give us a little bit about yourself for a couple of minutes. Uh, thanks so much, Bonnie. And uh, thanks to uh, Tamara, Chuck, and everyone who helped put this together. Um, I'm checking in from the morning here in the West Coast in Southern California. And greetings to all of you um, this morning or afternoon or wherever you might be in the world. Um, my name is Kari Hornsby, and I am a professional who's been um, leading programs and efforts and trainings for internationally trained attorneys for over 15 years. My background is in um, science and law. My first degree was in cellular and molecular biology, and I went on to, uh, to law school and have been working in um, legal academic leadership for um, about 15 years now in an international relations capacity. Um, my passion is for people, uh, is for helping people to, uh, to connect to each other skillfully across perceived and real cultural differences. Um, to me, that process takes place from the inside out. And I love to use the blend of science um, rooted in, in emotional intelligence and cultural intelligence um, and, and just cultivating the self-awareness to create an ecosystem through which we can authentically connect to others. Um, and it's just my pleasure to be here this morning with all of you. And thanks again to, all of, to, to everyone who organized this opportunity. Great, thanks, Kari. Uh, Pat, I'll, um, I'll turn it over to you to introduce yourself, please. All right, well, greetings, everyone. I'm Pat Saint, and currently I'm a uh, employee of Roche Diagnostics, and I do team coaching. I'm also an organizational change leader, so I, I kind of blend in with the global IT folks, and I do a lot of growth mindset and then behavioral change because we're always transforming. We've been successful in using coaching um, because it is a change curve. Uh, coaching is very much about you, the individual, or the team moving from point A or as is to B to see what the change could be. So that's what I do now. I do have a private practice. And what I've learned um, with coaching is it is very different. And I think we'll probably talk about the difference from training, mentoring, consulting. Coaching is about the individual or the team and guiding them to work and behave differently. Prior to that, um, after college, I started out in the military. I am a veteran. 
I co-lead a group in Roche um, as well. But my leadership experience really was about servant leadership and operating in a VUCA world. I think most, most of you probably know what that means, volatile, uncertain, complex, ambiguous. And that's exactly, we're still there today. So coaching is not just a... Um, an essential skill. I think it's a success skill. It's, it's more than a skill, a success practice. So I'm here to learn and share and um, get to know everybody. Great. And, um, and Chuck, you were a little bit introduced, but do you want to go ahead and add some more to that? Yeah, I can. Um, so yeah, I think um, Tamara touched on, I've been in um, the technology space for it's about 20 years now. Um, 10 of those years I've been in engineering leadership. Um, I'm a very um, um, proactive community builder. I've built communities within my organization um, around the DevOps space, which is really about just fundamentally creating collaboration across organizations and getting teams to work well together. And um, I've been involved in speaking and also um, helping with external communities um, outside of my organization as well and in a similar technology space too. Okay. So thank you for that. And, um, I'll just add that, um, I worked for the federal government for many years, which is where I first got into coaching and, um, and my interest in leadership, um, probably springs from the fact that, um, that I worked for some leaders that were less than ideal and, um, and certainly learned some of their bad traits and have really spent a lot of time working on myself to be the better leader that I want to work for. So, um, so with that, you know, I'm going to ask each of the panelists and to, to chime, chime in here. And, you know, we thought we'd kind of start at the basics and that is what is coaching and how does coaching differ from therapy, mentoring, or consulting? And, um, and let me throw it open to the panelists. Um, what would you guys like to, you know, how would you want to explain this? You know, how does it differ from therapy, mentoring, or consulting? Bonnie, I think that's a great question because I've been coaching for six years now and I've taken all the certified um, trainings, ICF certified. I'm not yet formally certified as an associate coach, but that was my big question. I did a lot of consulting in the past and that's guiding you and you're the expert. So you're, you're giving that perspective as a mentor, you're sharing your wisdom in training, you're offering a new skill set. And coaching was so different because it's not about you. It's about the client or the team and figuring out what are their goals and how will you help them move forward. So when I was going through my coaching practices, my coach would continually say, Pat, you're consulting, you're leading again. I said, I know, but they're off course. And she would say, well, you have to guide them back. What is the goal? And she would always reference back to the goal. So that's the value of ICF, the gold standard in coaching. There are certain practices you have to master, and it takes time. It's not something that happens overnight. One of the things I remembered, too, is it's very powerful. Um, coaching can build trust, which is a key leadership component, but it's also about building relationships and connecting and listening and asking powerful questions. And then when someone is off course, what can you do to guide them back so they own it? And I think that's the most powerful part of coaching. The individual has to embody it, practice it, and it becomes very natural, but it takes time. And that's what the coach can help do for the individual or the team. 
Yeah, that's, and that's really great. So thank you. Um, <clears throat> Kari or Chuck, do you guys want to add anything to that? I can jump in sure. and you okay. know, touch, touch a little bit on, you know, the differences between um, coaching and, and therapy. And, you know, I think a great way to sort of, you know, look at coaching is that it's a path forward um, and there's multiple paths forward. And, you know, as Patricia <clears throat> said, you know, consulting and mentoring are definitely some paths forward, but it's definitely, you know, there's a different twist there in how, you know, like with consulting, you're being paid to give advice or, um, actually to give answers in some situations. Um, therapy often is that, it's that path that is often, you know, where you're looking behind you a little bit to see what kind of what's happened in the past. And obviously it's, it's specific around mental health. Um, and so one of the things that we, you know, we try to clarify that, you know, in the coaching practice and, and make sure that those boundaries are firm and that if someone does need to um, attend to therapy, um, that you know, that's something that they should try to do. And then we work with the client to see if they also want to um, move forward with coaching in parallel with therapy, which can be done. Yeah, both good points. Thank you. Yeah, therapy is a backward looking um, way of, of addressing issues. And coaching really does um, begin in this moment in a forward looking forward movement. Um, the school that I attended for coaching, I mean, we had one of the, the foundational pieces was deepen the learning forward the movement. And so that's a big piece of what the coaching that I do um, kind of embodies is that how do you get your learning deepened? And then how do we get you moving forward to that thing that you really want to, um, to be doing? Uh, Kari, do you have anything you want to add to that? I just uh, co-sign on, on so much on on what uh, what Chuck stated and, and and you yourself, Bonnie, and and yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, very commonplace um, folks. Uh, I think it, it causes certain confusion with folks who are looking into coaching in terms of that discerning between coaching and and um, and therapy. And 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 as kind of has been stated, you know, a, a therapy kind of gets you to a baseline, gives you certain skill sets, gives you a frame of reference for past experiences. And coaching is meant as forward-looking, taking you from baseline to flourishing, to alignment with those goals, and giving you a step-by-step -step process um, in terms of um, um, meeting certain goals that you've um, you've authored for yourself. Great, thank you. So, you know, with that, so I, I think you know, if there's any questions on that, I would certainly welcome them. But I mean, just keep in mind that, that when we talk about coaching, we're really talking about the wisdom that the client brings to the relationship. And coaching is a partnership, whereas um, in, in some of the other relationships of like a mentor or a consultant or even a therapist, um, the, the professional is really, you know, kind of holding the, I think, the power in the relationship. In coaching, it is a, a co-partnering a co kind of um, process, and, and both of them are equals in the relationship. So that, that might help set it a little bit differently as well. So let me ask the panelists, what kind of training um, have you gone through to become a coach? I can I, go ahead. No, go, no, go ahead, no, Patricia. Go ahead. So I started six years ago. Um, and Bonnie, you said when you were, you were talking about your bio, you had a dysfunctional boss or relationship. And that's exactly what drew me to coaching. So in the past six years, I have taken um, – the, the courses for ICF to become a master coach. I'm also 
certified in conversational intelligence, which is the relationship and the trust, not just individuals, but building the team um, founded by Judith E. Glazer. And then I also have been trained in conflict management coaching. But the common denominator is like we've all said, it's moving the client or the team forward. And if they get stuck, go back to the goal and you help them move forward. So we're kind of like change catalysts. We help them. Um, we don't do the work, but we guide them so that they will embody it and practice it because coaching is a practice. That's great. Uh, Kari, do you, do you have something to add? Exactly. I, I think um, with coaching, it's, it's it's all about the prepositions, right? It's, it's with. We're doing it with, not to, not at. Um, and uh, and I and again, I'll, I'll I don't want to. Time is precious here, so I don't want to. Um, uh, when one of the panelists gives a perfect answer, as as, as was just stated, I'll, I'll I'll defer to that so we can have more time for other things. But I 100% co-sign with with uh, with what my co-panelist stated. Okay. And let me ask you a question, Kari. What kind of training have you been going through to become a coach? Sure. Well, um, for me, it's been a, um, uh, well, I'll, I'll speak to this directly and then I'll speak to this kind of um, um, more from a, um, an intrinsic perspective, because I think a lot of coaches come from similar uh, personality backgrounds or at least relational backgrounds. Um, I uh, went through a, um, an ICF approved uh, program um, uh, called Journey, J-R-N-I. Um, there are many coaching programs that you can seek out that, that, that focus on various um, 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 aspects and approaches to coaching, certain niches, et cetera. Uh, I think the most important thing, ICF has been stated a few times already, you wanna make sure that whatever coaching program that you're drawn to is indeed um, held to a certain standard. Um, you wanna make sure that the, the education that in the teaching you're being given um, is something that's been vetted and, and, and is held to a certain standard. More from an intrinsic perspective, um, um, and I'll speak personally because I, I work with coaches a lot and, and help train coaches, is uh, folks who tend to be natural cheerleaders. Uh, people who, um, oftentimes coaches are people who enjoy the process of seeing their communities, seeing people in their lives shine in their, in their brightest, most authentic way. Um, it's so many coaches come from that background where um, there were, the, you, you, you heard Chuck, you heard um, Bonnie, Patricia, others who stated the relational component of it, the people who, who love building upon in an authentic way relationships. So I find that, um, yes, are, are there programs that you can take that will ensure that you have the, the optimal education? Definitely there are, um, and we can reference those in, in, in many different ways. Um, but in terms of a, um, a directional or, or a orientation, um, you know, if, if you're a person I find that, that is truly invested in, in helping others flourish and seeing our, our in, in, in investing in our shared human connection, I find that those tend to be coaches who really do a great job because again, um, as has been stated, um, it's it, it, the core of what we do is helping people to achieve their goals um, in their own authentic way, you know, uh, and, and, and that's such, and that's what, and that's what the beauty of coaching is just seeing people and seeing relationships flourish. That's great and, and beautiful. And that's exactly, I mean, I think, you know, that's why so many of us are drawn to coaching. You know, Chuck, I'm going to ask yeah. you a question. So what advice would you give to someone looking to hire a coach? Well, yeah. So when I, um, 
last year I, I reached out and, and had got my first coach and it was an interesting experience. I think the one thing that drew me to the coach first and foremost was that I knew they were going through training. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, Kari mentioned, um, the, the JRNI program journey. Um, there's other training programs out there. Um, I knew this person was going through an ICF, um, credentialed, um, training program. Um, I also, you know, they also seemed to be someone who had walked in similar, you know, steps in, in my career development, which at the time I thought was important, but I soon found out that that wasn't, um, necessarily critical. Um, because, you know, as soon as I got in, you know, within the first few sessions of the coaching, um, experience, I found out that this person wasn't going to be giving me advice and that this was all going to come from within myself, you know, to move forward. Um, and so, um, I mean, from my perspective, um, I think the thing that resonated, resonated with me the most was that this person was, um, you know, going through the, the, the training program. And I think also, um, when you do reach out and you work with a coach, the one thing I recommend is, you know, getting a pulse and finding out if it's the right relationship. It really is a relationship. And I think Patricia mentioned a partnership, um, as, as did Bonnie, um, you know, it's really important to connect with them, but, you know, one of the things that is really important, um, I think critical in coaching is, is that safety that you feel, um, within that space. And if you don't feel like you're opening up, it's probably an opportunity to think about trying to connect with a different coach. Really good advice. It, it, you know, if, um, from my own personal experience, I will tell you that, um, that, I view it as me hiring the client as well as the client client hiring me because, um, because we got to see if we can work together because it's really the client's goals that we're working toward. And, and if I'm not the person to, to work with them, the coach that they need, then I'm going to help them find another coach that is the person for them. And so um, I think that's a big piece of, um, of that, that, you know, that advice that I would give someone looking to hire a coach is like, make sure that, you know, that they're hiring you too. And, um, and that, you know, you feel comfortable sharing a lot with them and it's somebody that you can build a trusting relationship with. Um, and Bonnie, Pat, I have a quick, yeah, I had, I sure. just had a real quick question kind of tagging onto that. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of like, if you were, if someone were to seek out a coach, would they specifically look for, again, the training that we discussed before? And is there any advice about how you go about, cause I know a lot of times coaches have like a introductory session uh, mm-hmm. Are there any kind of questions or how might you vet that coach in that initial introductory session? I'm, I'd just love to hear the advice on that as well. Yeah, and that's great. I'm going to throw that to the other panelists and, and ask them, um, you know, Pat, what do you think with respect to that question? I Yeah, I'm going to just reinforce that what you said, Bonnie, is you have to establish that relationship early and it has to be with trust because that's what you're you're trying to um, guide somebody to whatever their goals are, and there's got to be that trust factor. What's unique about the ICF training, and that is something, if, if I were looking for a coach, it doesn't mean you have to be certified yet. You could be working on it. But what the training does is it, it puts you in most of the training I've had, you are put in three different roles. One is you're the coach. You're the coachee and you're the observer. And when you get that perspective through your training, you take that with you. And again, establishing a trusted relationship with the individual or the team that you're coaching is absolutely critical. 
That's great. Um, Chuck, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, um, just to sort of piggyback on, on what Patricia was saying, it reminded me of, you know, you know, just some of, I think what could be helpful is, you know, I'm going through the training program right now. I'm in the second phase of the program at, at journey. And just to give you some examples, um, you know, the ICF, you know, is very, um, uh, the training that we get with an ICF accredited program really digs into the coat, the ethics, um, around coaching, um, and some that we talked about that, that those boundaries, right. Between therapy, um, but also confidentiality. So you feel confident that this, you know, that what you're talking about is, is safe, um, from a professional perspective. Um, and then in general, the focus on the person, a lot of the training that I've seen within, um, ICF, um, accredited programs does focus on scientific based, um, frameworks and training, positive psychology, mindfulness, um, the program that I've been within and that, you know, Bonnie and, and Kari, Kari are both involved with, you know, also digs into intersectionality, relationship coaching, active listening, understanding trauma. So it really helps create a well-rounded perspective so that the coach really can hone in and focus um, without judgment and creating a safe space for the client. Yeah, that's great. Kari, do you have anything you want to add? I, I think Chuck stated it perfectly. Um, we can um, we can certainly move on to a, a, another question. That okay. I, I definitely co-sign with Chuck's yeah. comments. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I'll just, you know, to emphasize those points, I think, you know, uh, a lot of people will seek out a coach based on the, the niche that the coach is in. And so because you think that they share your experience, or they, they, you know, basically focus on that area that is, you think of the most interest to you. Um, what I would say is that all coaching resolves to life. And so what you think might be your issue might not be your issue. It might be something completely different. Um, what you're looking for in a coach, though, is somebody who, first of all, starts off by telling you that it's a confidential conversation. Because the ICF is, is very, very firm on their ethics. And coaching conversations are confidential conversations. Your coach isn't talking about you to other people. Um, the other piece of it is you're not looking for somebody to give you advice um, because that's not what coaching is about. Coaching is about helping you seek your wisdom to help you break through those things that are keeping you from moving forward. So in that first conversation with your, your prospective coach, look for those things. I mean, do they talk about confidentiality? You know, are they willing to do a practice coaching with you? I mean, as I said, I mean, I'm looking to hire them as much as they're looking to hire me. And so we'll do a coaching session just to see how it's going to go. And then you're not looking for somebody that gives you advice because you are your own best, you know, resolver of your issues. You have your answers. Sometimes you just need somebody to kind of break through those things that are keeping you from getting there. And, um, and, and that would be my advice if you were looking for someone to hire as a coach. And, and Bonnie, if, if, if I yeah. might jump in for, for a quick moment. Sure. Um, it, 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 just to just to echo a sentiment, because one thing um, I find is, you know, um, you know, coaching is a valuable tool for all of us. Um, most of the coaches I know and work with, including myself, they have coaches for certain aspects of their lives and certain things they're going through. So, um, you know, w when we answer this question, we're answering it with you, not not to you. Um, you know, and 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 because because coaching is such a valuable tool that we all avail ourselves of in some way, shape, or form. And I will say this: um, we, we we've spoken about 
some of the outward seeking processes and looking for a coach, right? I see a certified or somehow certified, um, um, you know, looking at uh, various niche uh, areas that they work with. One thing, again, looking inwards um, is also an important part of that process. Um, being able to, as best you can, right, because this does relate to why you might be seeking a coach, but as best as you can, give me some time to reflect on the question of, of why. You know, why am I seeking a coach? What, what type of questions am I sincerely um, looking to be answered? Um, uh, because it, when you simply look outwards at, for example, coaches available to you, it can get a little bit overwhelming, just like with anything in life, right? You go into the grocery store and say, I'm hungry. You know, let's see what's there. Um, you're going to have a lot of options and it, you may not have a very efficient trip. Um, so the better you're able to think about what you need authentically, what are you looking for? And again, it may not be a niche. It might be, it, may, it might be, you know, a personality fit might be your priority. It might be someone who comes from a similar background or experience. I think that, um, um, Chuck or one of the other coaches on the panel said, you know, they looked for someone who had a similar, um, you know, experiential background to them, whatever it is that, that, that may, um, um, kind of warm you and say, okay, this is kind of what I'm, I'm feeling. Seek that, uh, because there are a lot of great coaches out there. And also don't be discouraged if at first um, you may find a couple of fits that aren't quite right. Um, it's a process of finding a coach. And when you find the right one, you can make brilliant, brilliant gains and have brilliant, brilliant insights and distillations. Um, but it does sometimes take a bit of time, just like any relationship establishment. Yeah. And just to add to that, I think, Bonnie, you mentioned it, that sometimes uh a person will, or a team will start out, they think they know what they are trying to change. And the more questions you ask, you find out, well, that's not even close. And they discover it's something totally different. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, the power of, um, of the coaching experience. And as Kari mentioned, we all have coaches. I mean, as coaches, you typically have a coach because you, I mean, I've come to learn that what I think is in my way is mostly never in my way. There's always that other thing that is there that I didn't really address um, that once I get out of the way helps me take giant steps forward in whatever I'm looking to accomplish. And so, um, so I think Kari, your advice and, and Pat, that's excellent. Um, really the way you, know, you guys have summed it up. Um, Tamara, did we get to your question? I mean, did that? Absolutely, yes, I, I love the answers. Thanks so much for the insights. Okay. So thank you. So, um, you know, so that kind of goes around to, I mean, I think we kind of covered the, what advice would you give to someone looking for a coach, but you know, um, we talked about how we all have coaches, you know, let me ask the panelists, can you guys, as an example of what somebody could experience in a coaching, um, relationship, can you share an experience that you had as a coaching client? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, I can definitely jump in. And, um, you know, it, it was a, a tremendous experience. As soon as I figured out exactly what this coaching relationship was going to be like, um, you know, it was something that really resonated with me. One of the things that I think, you know, was, was one of those sort of aha moments that we talk a little bit about in coaching is that, um, you know, my coach um, identified what we would call these sort of gremlins or a saboteur um, where, 
you know, we sometimes will look at something that we accomplished and say, well, but it could have been better. And, you know, that's one example. It's, there's lots of different ways, but, you know, sometimes there's some self-doubt in there too. Um, and he was able to, he was able to recognize that and reflect that back to me. And it was, it was an amazing experience, you know, um, part of that relationship that we built, you know, initially in the first couple sessions was talking about, um, how, um, I wanted to be held accountable, um, as well during this relationship, whether it was, you know, working on different things in between coaching sessions or just within the coaching, um, session itself. Um, and I said, absolutely, you know, you know, don't hold back anything. Um, and, um, and so that was something that was really helpful for me because he brought it up when he heard that, you know, come up during our conversations. Um, and that, yeah, that was something that was, um, I'd never really experienced that before. That's great. Pat, do you have anything you could share? Sure. Just briefly, um, when I was going through my coach training, we had coaches, which are mentor coaches. And what I struggled with, and I mentioned it earlier, is I was so used to doing consulting. I had to really step back and I struggled with that. And finally, the light bulb came on what coaching really is. And in the beginning, I would have a set of open questions to the side and I'd look at them and make sure I was asking the right questions. And then all of a sudden, the light bulb came on and it just became very natural you embodied the practices. Um, for a client, since I do a lot of team coaching, I work with a lot of technical people and my specialty is conversational intelligence, which is based on the neuroscience between our transactional conversations, our positional, and then also transformational and how do you move the needle. And in that particular coaching, we have a dashboard and we, we encourage the individuals or the teams to mark where you are so they can see the progress. And I think um, someone said earlier, it's the accountability of the individual to, to move the needle. So that accountability for the coachee is very, very important that they understand that because you want to change. It's like, what do you want to change and how will you do it? They define that. So like I said, in CIQ, we use a dashboard um, to start moving people. And my measure is if I can get technical people to practice and role play conversational intelligence in sessions, I think that's a great measure that they're moving forward. That's great. Thank you. Kari, do you have um, anything you could share? Yes. And, you know, I, I, I think that, um, you know, from a, from a client perspective, the, the, there's, there's this, um, there's different approaches to, to, to coaching. Um, and there's certain terminology depending upon the approach that you're taking, but, um, you know, there's this discovery phase and I find that both as, 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 as a coach and as a client, that's kind of where the magic happens, right? Because when we speak about, um, you know, our, the, the, the various niches we have and, and, and you, know, uh, you know, conversational intelligence, for example, um, you know, those are all uh, frameworks that need to be applied in a certain context. Um, and that context is formed by that, you know, by, by, by the, that unique individual, that unique client, um, the unique team um, with, with whom you're coaching. And that is the phase where I find that 
that re the relationship, the comfort, the trust really plays a role. That's where you create this open space that allows um, the, the free flow to take place, which gives you the context in which the various framework will be, will be um, applied. And this is where, as a client, it's the tough part. Um, as a coach, again, for those of us who are coming from backgrounds where we've consulted, where we've mentored, and we've kind of kind of jumped in to kind of help folks um, in, 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 uh, in, in certain ways, this is where you, you, you listen, where you go, from, go from, from being, or excuse me, from doing to being. And so, um, you know, for me as a client, having a coach and, and being in a circumstance where I feel like I am being heard, um, I'm having the opportunity to to share and 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 as a coach, as be, making sure that I'm stepping back and I'm allowing um, that I'm not so attached to the framework or to the um, the the skill sets, the, the 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 dogma that I that I use to realize this is a new and unique experience in this moment. This is an individual having an individual circumstance. Um, no matter what it may be similar to to what I've experienced to what you know, other clients I've worked with experience, I feel that that's where the breakthroughs take place, through that open space where you just allow that relationship to take place and form organically, um, um, as it were. Yeah, and that's great. I mean, I think, you know, you know, what each of you said is, is those moments when somebody's listening to you and really listening to you and asking you those questions that break through whatever barriers you've put up in your mind about, you know, what I call the truths that we carry, which no, aren't always the truth. Um, but they've become so we've become so invested in them that they, we've made them our truth. And sometimes somebody, pop, you know, helps you put a pin in it, and you realize that that actually isn't the truth anymore. But it's the one that you've been carrying with you for a long time. So it's held you back from from those steps that you really want to take going forward. And, um, you know, and I would echo that, I mean, some of the most significant breakthroughs I've had just in, in things that were holding me back from, from really doing the things I wanted to do, um, have come through some of the coaching sessions I've done with peers, um, or certainly even in training where, um, where somebody just leaned in and looked at me and said, like, what's really going on here? <laughs> and I had to sit back for a minute and think about it. And it was what I thought was going on had nothing to do with what was going on. You know, Bonnie, that... That's exactly right. And sometimes when you ask a question or the question's asked to you and there's a long pause, I guarantee it may be 30 seconds and it seems like hours, somebody will say something at a certain point and you just have to be patient and listen. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, in my early days in coaching, I mean, I had this theory that I think still carries through to that day. And that is, you know, in a time and, and, you know, I would say everybody on, you know, certainly on this, this, you know, app with us would, could resonate with this. When you've got information coming at you from all directions constantly, I mean, your phone is beeping, your computer's beeping, you know, all of these technical devices, the radio is on, there's billboards everywhere. There's like something flashing in your eyes constantly. You know, when do you actually have time to sit down with another human being? and have a conversation where they are truly curious about what is going on with you. And they're not giving you any solutions. <clears throat> they're not leaping ahead with answers. They're just listening to what you have to say and they're asking you questions about it, what you are saying. How often does that happen in our lives anymore? And that's the space that you get with a coach is that time 
where you can sit and think your eyes roll back in your head as you like, you know, flipping through the roll of exits in your brain to answer the question. And there's that moment. And so, you know, I say a lot of the work comes in the quiet time between the question and the answer. And so um, I think that might be one of the most powerful pieces of coaching is that you just get to be who you are without any judgment about who you are. And, um, and somebody's really listening to what you have to say. So I have a question. So Bonnie is, you yeah, know, I think in hitting on that is, you know, it's, it's been a fantastic conversation around, you know, both what it takes to be a, po- a coach, which to look into. And I think we probably have folks that are interested in either becoming a coach potentially, or folks that might be interested in right. Selecting a coach is where we spend a lot of time. There's an interesting point that I think you're hitting on when you talk about just the, the space for someone to actually kind of listen and be there to listen and understand and go on a journey with you, how can folks prepare to have effective coaching relationships? And if we've talked about what you want to look for as far as a connection from a relationship perspective, as well as confidentiality and, and the foundation there, but beyond there, are there some tips or guidance that you would say? You know, when you want to go and get, you know, a, a, get a coach to, to work on a specific area of your life, how do we prepare for that? How do we kind of know what we want to get out of that? And what are some of the things that we can be doing to prepare to find not only the right coach, but to really use that relationship effectively? Yeah, that's a really great question, Carrie. And I think, you know, um, or Kelly, I'm sorry, Carrie, you touched on that earlier. I mean, maybe you could expand a little bit, but, but it's really the why, you know, getting into, I mean, you know, Simon Sinek has a book that says, you know, essentially it starts with why. Um, a lot of times we, you know, we struggle with this. I know I want, I always say it's getting from the I can't to the I commit to, right? And the steps that go from can't to commit to, I mean, there's many, you know, blocks along the way that you kind of got move out of the way to see, you know, why, you know, what's ahead and, and maybe demystify and de-scarify it a little bit sometimes. But um, Carrie, do you want to you want to expand on that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Thank you. And and I think you 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 hit the nail on the head when you when you when you when you mentioned the word commitment. Um, and you know I think that um, and it's it's been brought up in, in several instances, uh, Chuck, Bonnie, that oftentimes what you what you go in for or what you think are are the things that you're going to address and. Um, and, and maybe some of the obstacles you'll need to 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 strategize um, around and with are are actually not they're they're proxies or um, they're just you know well um, um, well ingrained you know neural kind of pathways that you have that, that you kind of um, you know uh, have gotten used to and and I think that's where the commitment takes place because when you have a coach who is holding that space for you and um, and listening to you with positive regard and positive inquiry and then some reframes, you oftentimes get to a point where you're like, okay, um, ouch. Um, you be, be, not ouch in terms of anything this, this, entren- this, this, this by definition hurtful, but you encounter things that you didn't expect to. And I think cultivating endurance towards this process and realizing that there are going to be some things that are going to come up that you may not have anticipated. And to cultivate the inner in the ecosystem is to where you're like, okay, I'm going to breathe through this. Um, I'm, I'm just, you know, having, and that's why having a well-defined goal um, is, 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 is helpful. 
not necessarily the pathway to it. Because again, as, as we're saying, the pathway can kind of change from what you thought it might be. Um, and we can kind of brace ourselves for what we feel are the upcoming things we'll need to address. And then when we, you know, when we're taken down a street that we didn't necessarily anticipate, but is, you know, very real, um, that can sometimes, that can sometimes feel, it can feel vulnerable. And so I think that, you know, um, when you get to that, you know, as, as we say, that Simon Sinek, you know, golden circle question of, of, of why, um, you tend to get to the core of who you are. Um, and so I think in terms of the work, um, um, uh, Chris, uh, Dr. Kristen Neff does a lot of great work in, in, in self-compassion. And she, and she speaks about finding that sweet spot between being aware of something that may, um, you may aspire to, to transcend, um, but also not defining yourself by that thing. Because oftentimes when we see something, when we're encountered something, that, that we didn't anticipate this new, we're like, oh my God, that's it. That's that's the missing. Um, and and that can be very liberating, but it also it also can can make you feel very vulnerable. Um, because we're oftentimes dealing with professionals who are used to a certain level of mastery with what they do, what they're doing, with with tasks, with um, with what they've uh, done in life. And when you approach them, and when they realize there may be something that there was a bit of a blind spot, that can make one feel very vulnerable. So I guess the in, internal ecosystem, or um, um, you know, uh, you know, you know, for, 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 to, to have that endurance, um, as as was stated, is, is very helpful. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, I mean, Kelly, you know, I think it was Kelly that asked, you know, the answer to the question is, is you're in a place where you know where you want to go. In other words, you know what you want to do, but you're not sure either how to get there or you're not sure why you're not willing to get there. And um, and so much of, of that not willingness piece can, you know, I mean, as I, as I call it, the de-scarifying, you know, the steps that you have to take sometimes. And maybe, you know, shining the light in those dark spaces that help you, you know, move forward with, you know, with confidence and maybe with clarity about, you know, where it is you want to go and why you want to get there, as opposed to just, um, you know, I want to do that thing. Because wanting to isn't, um, isn't always going to get you there. You have to be willing to, and you have to commit to. And so, um, so when you find that place where you know that there's something you want to do, but you're not sure how, sometimes it's, it's, um, you know, that can be the, the tip off to maybe it's a good time to go talk to a coach. Pat, do you have other thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I agree with both of you. Um, to me, in my mind, it's, it's like a change curve. Where are you today? Where do you want to go? And there's the big gap in the middle. It's like a bridge. And there are many pathways. And the bridge may look differently because it's not what you thought. So I have this visual that I always talk about, the change curve. And since I do team coaching, you still have to go back and look at individuals because along that pathway are barriers. And sometimes the client, the individual doesn't know what they are. The organization doesn't know. And by using the coaching practices, um, you start to ask those questions, do the discovery, start to figure out what can you do to change these barriers? What do you do with them? And eventually get a little bit closer toward that goal. But I don't think... Uh, when you're being coached, when you start out to have a preset timeline, because you don't know until you get past that discovery. And that's what Carrie, you know, you've said that very well is you have to take time. It's painful. It's vulnerable. Of course, that's a measure of it's working. It's uncomfortable, but it's working. 
Yeah, that's great. Chuck, have you, do you have thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, the first thing that popped up in my mind um, when Kelly asked the question was vulnerability and courage. Um, you know, identifying, you know, that, you know, you want to work on something, uh, but also <clears throat> just knowing that when you go into this coaching experience, and I think you said this, um, all coaching resolves to life um, earlier in the conversation, Bonnie, which I really love that. Um, yeah, be prepared to be vulnerable that you're going to go, um, you're going to be asked um, difficult questions, challenging questions. You know, I think you also mentioned those truths um, that we've told ourselves. Um, so be prepared to be challenged and to go deep and to really learn a lot about yourself um, and how you can move forward and achieve those goals. Yeah, that's, I think that's a really nice way to frame that. Um, you know, what I want to do is ask if there's, if there's other questions um, that people have um, for us that maybe we could help shine a light on some answers. Hey, Bonnie, you. it's Tamara sure. again. Um, so one of the things I'd like to hear a little bit about as well, because I know a lot of folks are, you know, there's different levels of leadership in the, in the room, but I'm curious if you could share uh, your experience in corporate executive coaching versus me hiring a coach, you know, and mm -hmm. I have used coaches in my life and they've been so beneficial, but, you know, I'd like to hear the perspective on the difference between me hiring or anyone in this room, hiring a, per a personal coach for whatever their reasons are versus you, uh, you're in a leadership position and you're, um, assigned an executive corporate coach, you know, what's the, is, is there still the confidentiality? Is there any differences in how you might leverage the, that coaching? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and so, you know, the code of ethics is, um, as we call it, the code is very clear about that. And so, you know, the, the company might hire me to be the coach for, you know, an individual, but at the end of the day, the individual is a client. And so the confidentiality has got to be discussed at all levels. So we make sure we're clear on what gets shared with whom and by whom. Okay. Um, I know in some companies, there's this idea that somehow they're being assigned a coach is, a, is you're in the penalty box or, you know, there's some sort of a punitive piece to it. But coaching in and of itself is not about penalizing or, you know, punitive behavior. It's about amplifying. It's, it's helping somebody to make it to the next level or two levels up. And so, um, so in the, in the intake process where the company brings me in, we have a conversation about what gets shared and, you know, who does the reporting. Um, a lot of times, you know, I like sitting with the client and, you know, and the boss essentially to make sure that, that everybody's on the same sheet of music about what the coaching's all about. And so, um, so we make sure that, that we don't have those conflicts where there's somehow this idea that the, the company is getting information behind the scenes that shouldn't be shared because, that's not the way the ethics lay it out. And so, um, so you want to make sure it's all agreed to beforehand, who hears what and from whom. And as and I said in the clients, it's always their story. So they you, can do what they want with their story. Go ahead, Pat. All right. That's a perfect point because you said earlier that as the coach, you're going to pick clients. And I love what you said. You have the, like the boss and the, the client together. They're hearing the same thing at the same time. Because if there's a confusion about that, the trust is going to break down. And you could very well say, this is not right for me. My coaching won't be effective here because that scenario could play out and, and not so good. Yeah, that's really what, and that's well spoken. And I've had companies bring me in. And, and one of the things I'll ask them, you know, if it's the chief of HR that's bringing me in to work with somebody, I'll say, you know, does this person, do you believe they have the capacity to be what you want them to be? Because 
because I'm not anybody's hatchet person. Right. And so, um, and so if, if that person does not have the capacity, then we need to kind of back up maybe and have a different conversation about what the coaching is about. I've also talked to some team coaches um, that my company hires. And one of the things I think that's important is there's a tendency, and I think it was a trend before, that HR, all the coaching would go through HR. But we're finding that if you can find the right leader, you can go straight in. You don't have to always go through HR. Somebody has to pay for it. And a lot of um, teams are looking for coaches based on their budgets and it's not always funneled through HR. It's an awareness, but they, it's, it doesn't have to end up there. Yeah. And, and that's a really good point. So, you know, I also wanted, uh, I, I think this is just very, very beneficial, but I think it's also, it's something else we've talked about in this group before, which is the fact that in organizations, oftentimes as a leader, there, there's really no investment in you. It's like, here, here's the job, go do it. Right. And I think that is really truly the value of coaching. And I've worked for organizations where coaching was not a punitive thing. It was something that was given to you or given to other people to help them to be successful. Mm -hmm. And it's such a, uh, it's such a valuable tool to help you to, uh, to your point, identify where, what the issues are, how you can move forward, whether it's a behavioral issue or it's like Chuck said, the gremlins or the imposter syndrome or, or, or your own misconceptions of what you need to do to move forward. Um, you know, I, I think that it's, I'm seeing more of, uh, or I shouldn't say more, I'm seeing a little bit more where organizations are investing in themselves, in themselves. but short of that, this you have to invest in yourself and having a coach, whether you hire them pri privately um, or you or you, your company uh, assigns you to them is is just something that I think is is pivotal for for uh, a leader who wants to move up or wants to be uh, as successful as possible. Yeah, and I think that's a great point. I mean, the, the organization that I work for in the federal government ran several leadership training courses and as part of, you know, part of the course, you were assigned a coach for a certain period of time. And so it was, you know, because there was a recognition that building leadership also comes from within, you know, in addition to from without. And so, um, so they viewed it as a pivotal piece of the leadership training that went on there is that you would get a coach for a certain period of time. So what other thoughts? I mean, are there any other questions? All right. Well, and so I think that's, you know, that's, I would say, you know, let me turn it over to the panelists for some closing thoughts. I mean, Chuck, do you have, you know, some closing thoughts you'd like to give? No, I, I think um, I didn't necessarily have anything prepared on, on, on the closing thoughts, but, you know, I just really appreciated this conversation overall. Um, thanks, Bonnie, for helping, you know, to you know, working with me to help, you know, put this together. Um, you, you know, I would say that, you know, it's something that I'm obviously biased and I'm in the profession of coaching now. Uh, it's something that has been such a tremendous asset to my growth um, since I've, I've made that decision both to seek out a coach um, and also go into um, training. Um, one, it's just been very impactful for me. One other thing I would say also as well, since this is a learning to lead program, that, you know, the training that's out there you know, I found that just going through parts of this train, training has been extremely complementary to my leadership growth 
um, overall um, and how I um, you know, interact with different people and the relationships that I have in the workplace as well. So even if you're not necessarily thinking about getting into the profession of coaching, seeking out some sort of coaching training would be extremely beneficial. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point, Chuck. I mean, it's, you know, I call it like leadership, you know, leadership and coaching and how to be a really awesome human being. Um, you know, it kind of comes hand in hand with, uh, with the coaching experience, I think, in, in so many respects. So, um, Kari, do you have any thoughts that you'd like to share? Well, thank you, Bonnie. And um, yeah, this has just really been a great opportunity. And I'll just you know, quickly say, um, uh, it was a couple of speakers ago, and I'm sorry, I don't remember the name, but, in the, but she was speaking in the context of corporate coast, coaching. And she mentioned, you get to have a coach. And like, that is a, it's an opportunity. It's a treat. Um, I, I think it's, um, it, it is something that um, is not only, yes, there's a contest in which you're being coached, maybe corporate and maybe leadership, but I don't believe in the slices of the pie that, you know, we have our professional lives, our, you know, our personal lives, et cetera. You know, all ships rise with the rising tide. And it's amazing how the insights you get in the context of your professional life will kind of butter knife over and affect how you are as a partner, as a sibling, as a, as a, um, a parent, as a child. Um, and, and it's really just, it can be so transformational in ways that are surprising. So I just encourage you to see it as an opportunity. You get to be coached and it's such a wonderful opportunity. Yeah, that's, I, I think that's a really good point. Pat, any thoughts? Just ditto. Um, coaching is about pathways for change and if you can embrace that and be patient with yourself when you are being coached, and even as coaches, um, we're constantly learning and changing. So it's, it's continual, be patient and be open to um, building those relationships and looking for discovering what it really, really is you're looking for. I think that goal is very, very important. It saves a lot of time and frustration. And the silence when you ask a question or somebody asks you the question, the silence is, is part of that. It's, it's painful at first, but it's, it's effective. Yeah, thank you. That's great. So, um, so again, I'd like to thank everybody um, for listening and, and certainly for seeking out information on coaching. Um, I think, you know, the ICF believes that there is a better world through coaching and that um, there are no organizations that can't use more coaching to, um, to help. So, um, so with that, Tamara and Kelly, I'm going to hand it back over to you. Okay, great. Well, thank you, Bonnie, Chuck, Carrie, and Patricia for making time today. We are, are so appreciative of that for sharing your insights about coaching today. It's been an absolutely fantastic conversation. Growth requires the investment. Coaching can be that tool for transformation and growth. And so if you're interested in moving forward with coaching, I encourage you guys to reach out to Bonnie, Chuck, Carrie, or Patricia to support you through your journey. Um, we want to thank you for being here on a Saturday morning. I have a quick quote for you guys. Uh, this is from Andy Stanley. As a coach, always coaches to the leader's potential not his current or hers current level of performance. A good leadership coach will see the potential in you and inspire you accordingly. So with that, 